the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. So I want to talk to you today about what do you do when storms come your way. The focus today is on the storms of life. And there are things that I want to share with you that we must clearly understand that will help us to know what to do when storms come. Number one is to realize that storms of life are inevitable. Before we look at the specific storm that Jonah experiences in his own life, I want to ask you just to widen your spiritual lens with me just for a bit. Let's get a little bigger perspective here for a moment. Because although we learn in Jonah's situation there's a very specific set of circumstances that led to the storm, the reality is storms are part of all of our lives. They're inevitable parts of life. You cannot get away from them. Everyone will experience them. Jesus himself made it very, very clear that we all experience experience storms in life. We find this in Matthew chapter 5, verses 44 and 45. But I tell you, notice Jesus' words here, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Please notice this part. He, God the Father, causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Jesus says when the sun comes out, it warms up everybody. Good people, bad people. And when the rain falls, it falls on everybody, good people and bad people. This brings us to a question that is often asked by individuals in terms of trying to understand God and relationship with God. They'll often ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, it's not really a complex answer. The reason that bad things happen to good people is because bad things also happen to bad people. So bad things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people at times. Why? Because we live in a world that is broken. In fact, this goes all the way back to the third chapter of the very first book of the Bible and we see the brokenness of the world when Adam and Eve sinned against God. Here's God speaking to Adam and he says to Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Here we see very clearly that since the fall of man, life has included hard times. Since the fall of man, life has included very tough moments, broken environments. We live in a sinful and broken world. That's why bad things happen to good people. We live in a world that is falling apart, that is 
broken, that is filled with pathology, we might say. Now, we also see very clearly that Paul the Apostle lays this out for us as well in Romans chapter 8. Look at what he says to us, even as Christian believers. Yet what we suffer, the storms we go through, what we suffer now is nothing to be compared to the glory he will give us later. For all creation is waiting patiently and hopefully for that future day when God will resurrect his children. For on that day, that is when Christ comes back again, when this is all concluded, when the world as we know it comes to an end, for on that day, thorns and thistles, sin, death, and decay, the things that overcame the world against its will at God's command, will all disappear, and the world around us will share in the glorious freedom from sin which God's children enjoy. For we know that even the things of nature, like animals and plants, suffer in sickness and death as they await this great event, and even we as Christians, although we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, also groan to be released from what? Pain and suffering. Do you ever groan to be released from pain and suffering? If you've ever gone through a hard time, you probably have groaned your way at times through those hard moments of life. Groaning, pain, and suffering. And then he says, we too wait anxiously for that day when God will give us our full rights as his children, including the new bodies he has promised, bodies that will never be sick again and that will never die. I am looking forward to that day. How about you? But we live in a broken world. And so we're going to face storms. Even good people go through them. Storms of life are in Inevitable. Everybody faces them. I'm going to share with you this morning a very profound statement. Maybe one of the wisest statements that I have ever made in my entire life. Are you ready to receive this wonderful, amazing, profound wisdom this morning? Get your pen ready to write it down. Are you ready? Life is hard. <laughs> there it is, okay. Life is hard. Just living our life, it's hard because we're living in a broken, cursed world. Even good people face tough times. Look at what the psalmist said before we move to the second point. The good man does not escape all troubles. He has them too. Did you hear that? The good man does not escape all troubles. He has them too. Now, don't stop reading there because here's the promise. But the Lord helps him in each and every one. Anyone want to say hallelujah right there, okay? We all have them. We have them too. But it's different for us as, as in relationship with God. The Lord is there to help you through each and every one of the troubles that you, you experience in life. We're going to see this in the story very clearly of Jonah. Vital for us to remember. So first lesson, storms are inevitable. Second lesson, some storms of life are avoidable. As surely as storms are inevitable, there are certain storms that you go through in life that are avoidable. Sometimes we create our own storms. You ever created a storm for yourself? The devil didn't even have to help you. You just made it yourself. You did it. You just created the storm. Things that you did in life, choices that you made, you found yourself in the middle of a storm. This is exactly what's going on with Jonah. 
This was not a regular storm. It was a storm that was created because Jonah created the storm. It was his problem that created the storm. And so this great storm that Jonah finds himself in was something that should have been and could have been avoided because it was a result of his own disobedience. And not only did it threaten his life, but it threatened the life of everyone around him. So everybody's on the boat now. They're potentially suffering with this, this potential drowning or calamity because there's one guy on the boat that's made a really bad decision with his life. And he's, he's made this storm in his life for everybody. One of the odd things about this story, and I don't want to take much time about it, but it's quite interesting to note here. It's interesting to me that when the storm came up on the boat, all the sailors were on the, on the deck of the boat trying to figure out what the problem was. And the Bible says that Jonah went down into the hull of the ship and he goes to sleep. Can you imagine that? How can you sleep in a time like that? And I've scratched my head and tried to figure out, why was he sleeping? I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us, but I have an idea. At least I would submit an idea to you today. Perhaps he was sleeping because he was trying to drown out the voice of his own guilt and drown out the voice of his own shame. Has the voice of your own guilt and shame been so loud that in your life at times that all you wanted to do was just find a pillow and put it over your head and a cover to slip over the top of you somehow to slide away into oblivion and just hope the whole problem goes away? I'm wondering if that's not what happened to Jonah because Jonah clearly knew that the problem was the result of his own disobedience. The storm was avoidable. The storm was about Jonah. The storm was about the fact that Jonah was running away from God. It was a storm. I'll say it again. Let me reiterate it. The storm was a storm that should have and could have been avoided. But here's the good news. Even though it was a storm that could have been and should have been avoided, God didn't give up on Jonah. Aren't you glad? Okay. Even though it was something that he created as his own set of circumstances and problems, God said, I know, Jonah, right where you are, and I promise you I didn't send the storm to destroy you. I sent the storm to get you back on the right track. Jonah, God loved Jonah too much to let him find his way all the way to Tarshish. He said, you know what? You're on the wrong boat, buddy. I'm going to send another boat for you and pick you up and take you where you need to be. And that other boat was shaped like a big fish. I'm going to send another mode of transportation to get you where you need to be. I'm going to get you back on the right track. The psalmist David understood this. Listen to what he said. The steps of a good man. Let's stop for a moment. Jonah was a good man. He wasn't a bad man. He was a good man. He was a prophet of God. And Jonah is just a picture of every one of us. Lest you would sit there to say, that terrible Jonah, why didn't he do the right thing in the first place? Well, guess what? You're just like him, as, as, as am I. In fact, we could all change our names to Jonah. Because we've all acted like him and lived like him at times. And the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Though he fall, though he creates his own mess, though he creates his own storm, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. All through this stormy moment when Jonah had made this mistake in his life and he's now overboard, 
He's overboard in the water, but God still has him by his hand, okay? If you are in a place today where you feel as though you created your own storm, can I just remind you that God hasn't left you? Can I remind you that in the midst of the storm, even a storm that you created in your own life, please remember this, God has not deserted you. He's there to uphold you with his hand. Jesus taught this clearly. He gave us this parable in the Gospel of Matthew. You perhaps know it well. Let me read it for you today. What do you think, Jesus said? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them does what? Did Jonah wander away? Oh, you better believe he did. He was supposed to go east and he heads west. I call that wandering away. What do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away? Here's the deal. Here's the shepherd. Will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? So God says, Jonah, you think that you're running from me. In fact, that's what it tells us Jonah was trying to do. He was trying to run from the Lord. But God says, you you can't run from me. I'm going to chase you down. I know right where you are. And I'm going to bring you back where you need to be. If you're a wandering sheep today... I certainly don't want to encourage you to do anything to purposely wander. But if you've wandered away from God, I will promise you he hasn't deserted you. He's still there with you. And he's working to bring, him, bring you back to him. Because he loves you and he cares deeply for you. He still has a plan for your life. Amen? 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 Amen. Amen. Are you hearing the word of God this morning? This is for somebody here today. That God hasn't deserted you. You say, well, I've just made this mess. I've created this storm in my life. And sometimes the storm isn't always even outwardly. Sometimes the storm's in here. The storm of guilt and shame and all this stuff that goes on inside of us that nobody else knows about. But it's, it's just stormy on the inside of us. And God says, even though you created the storm yourself, I haven't deserted you. I haven't left you. Let me give you another story from the New Testament. Everybody here today most likely knows of the Apostle Peter, right? You remember Apostle Peter? Well, on the night that Jesus was betrayed by Judas and he's facing the the interrogation by the Sanhedrin, he's going to be beaten by the Roman soldiers, and the next day he's going to be crucified. Jesus is at the house of Caiaphas, the high priest, and, and all this interrogation and beating is going on. And Peter was there, as were a few other of the disciples. And the Bible says that Peter was a little distance from where Jesus was and was warming himself by a fire. And a little girl comes up and says, oh, don't, don't I know you? Aren't you one of his disciples? Don't, aren't you one of his followers? And Peter says, no, I don't know him and again she said well I'm sure that I've seen you with him before you you are one of his disciples no I don't know him and ask a third time and the Bible says he curses he uses profanity and denies that he has any relationship with Jesus at all can you imagine that would you agree with me that's a failure would you agree with me is that about the same thing that Jonah did. He runs the opposite direction instead of saying yes. He says, no, I don't know him. And the Bible says that at that moment a rooster crowed. Jesus had predicted that. He said, Peter, before the rooster crows in the morning, you'll deny me three times. And Peter says, oh, no, I'll never deny you. But certainly he did. He denied him. 
The Bible says at that moment, the eyes of Peter and the eyes of Jesus met. And he got up and he ran out of that place weeping bitterly. And I believe for the next, perhaps certainly days, perhaps weeks, Peter struggled to try to get back on the right track again because he felt like a huge failure. He felt like he disappointed God, disappointed in his, his relationship with Jesus at one of the most critical times when Jesus needed him. And so by the time we get to the Gospel of John chapter 21, Peter is struggling with this so severely that he says to the other disciples, I'm just going to go fishing. Now that was a very profound statement. Because what had Jesus called him away from? From fishing. Because Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, when he first meets Peter, Peter is mending his nets by the seashore, and Jesus walks by and says, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And the Bible says that he immediately left his nets, left his boat, left his fishing business, and followed Jesus. But now, here he is, struggling with his failure, and he says, I'm going to go back to what I was before. Here's the deal. Here's an important thing to remember when you lose vision for your future, you always return to your past. He lost his vision for his future, and so he fell back to his past. And he goes out, and he becomes a fisherman again that night. He has a few of the other disciples with him because he's an influencer, and so they came with him as well. So we'll go fishing with you too. And they fish all night long, and they don't catch anything. Sounds like what happens to me when I go fishing. Okay. They caught nothing. It's early in the morning, and... Someone is standing on the seashore and yells out to the boat, to the, to the disciples in the boat, put your nets on the other side of the boat. And Peter said, there's, there's something familiar about that voice. I've heard that voice before. I've heard those instructions before. And so he does what that voice told him to do. And of course, they gather in this massive load of fish And Peter realizes that's the Lord. He jumps out of the boat, swims to the seashore, and there has this massive, wonderful encounter with Jesus. Here's what I want you to see. When Peter was at his lowest, so low that he said, I'm going back and I'm just going to become an old fisherman again because I've messed it up too too much now. Jesus shows up where Peter is at the moment when Peter needed him the most. And there's a conversation that happens on the seashore that day. Are you following me, church? There's a conversation that happened on the seashore that day where, Peter, where Jesus asked Peter three times, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? How many times have Peter said, I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't know you. Jesus said, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Look at what happens here in this story. A third time, he, Jesus, asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then do what? This is important because what had Peter just been doing? He'd just been fishing. Jesus didn't say, go out and fish. He says, now feed my sheep. Change your perspective. Get back to the place where you were before. 
You haven't lost your purpose. I'm redeeming it, and I am restoring it. I will tell you today that if you've gone through and are going through a storm that is of your own making, hold on, because help is on the way in your life. Amen? So, we, yeah. So, two things. Storms happen to everybody. The sun shines on the good and the evil. The rain falls on the good and evil. We live in a broken world. We're going to all go through storms. Life is hard. Some storms are avoidable. And I would do everything I could today to encourage you. If you can avoid a storm, avoid it, okay? But to realize if you've created your own storm, there's still help for you in the midst of it. And that leads to the third point for today, and that's this. All storms of life are educational. There are lessons to learn in every storm of life, lessons for us to learn. You learn lessons through the inevitable storms of life, and you certainly should learn lessons through storms you could have avoided. We all learn lessons through storms if we're willing to be a student. You have to be a student of the storm. I have to learn something from this storm. I want to come out of this storm better educated. So if you're going through a storm today, either just one that's a life storm or one that you've created yourself, the question now is how can I gain some wisdom from this? How can I be educated by my storm? Number one, we must learn to run to God in our storm. That's the first thing that you do. As soon as a storm shows up in your life, whether it's a storm that's just life storms or you made the storm, the first thing you do is run to God. If you've ever been on the water in a time when a storm breaks out on the water, the thing that the captain is looking for is a place to go to safe harbor. They're trying to find a place where the wind is broken and they're able to be safe from the storm coming their way. They're running to a safe refuge. The same is true for you and me, that when a storm arises in your life, don't run away from God. Run to God. He is your safe harbor. He is the refuge of your life. So you run to him. That's wisdom that we gain. And then number two, we change our ways. What do I, I learn from this storm that changes me? Even as I go through the inevitable storms of life, God can use those storms to shape me and mold me and make me more like Jesus and help me to see things in my life that perhaps I've never seen before. And so those storms help me to learn something about me and places where I need to change. Certainly the avoidable storms that I've fallen prey to in my life, it teaches me where I need to repent, where I need to change. And so I run to God and I say, God, I want to change some ways in my life. Thirdly, trust in God when the storm is going on. Hold on to the fact that God, in fact, is there with you. He's never left you and he will not leave you. He will not desert you in the storm. Here's another important thing, a point of wisdom. What do you do when storms come up? Reorder your priorities. There's something about a storm that makes you find out what's really important and what's not. On this boat, remember what happened when the storm first broke out and all the sailors were on the, on the deck of the ship and they started throwing cargo over the, overboard? Why? Because certain, we've got to lighten the load here. There's certain things that we don't need to keep on this journey. And I've learned in my life and continue to learn in my life that when storms come my way, it helps me to reorder order my priorities. There are certain things I just want to throw off my boat. I don't need that anymore. I don't need this. I reorder my priorities. There are things that 
you and I become aware of that are important, things that aren't important in the storms of life. And so that's part of what we do. We reorder, we think about priorities. And then we need to strengthen our roots. Throw your roots down into God's Word. See, storms will make you stronger if your roots go deeper. And whatever storm you're facing, let those roots of faith go down as deep as possible to say, God, I'm trusting you. I'm believing your promises. I don't see how it's going to happen now. I'm not sure how this is going to work out in all the detail, but I know, God, that my confidence is in you. And so you strengthen your roots of faith. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.